I'm Sarah. Oh, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that actually was an accident. <laughs> like, you bitch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. Oh, no. What? Mine. Oh, you no. <laughs> no, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I literally have no idea how that happened. <laughs> Scary girl. Say something. I know what my cold open's gonna be. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I'm just kidding. We already. Did. I almost was about to say I'm Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say before this all started? This is a shit show. <sighs> this is a Dairy Queen on a Sunday after church. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> and I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. Wow, what a day. What an episode. What a start to a to a to a thing. Oh, girl. Episode 31. Episode 31 where it all goes downhill. Oh no. <laughs> no I'm Don't you dare. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, 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 wah. They've started doing that at work, but but they say boing, 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 and I don't like it. That's wrong. Boing, 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 boing. Are um, they referencing Magic Tavern? No, they're just they're trying just... to do an air horn. But I'm like, I've been doing that for a while with womp, 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 womp. I need you to get it together. Um, so. How's it going, Sarah? What are we doing? What's on the agenda? What's on the agenda? I don't know. I wrote down shit show, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, question mark, poop emoji. Dairy um, Queen blizzard serve it upside down but if it doesn't fall out it's all good if it falls out it's free and it's on the floor (laughs) but you wouldn't want it um you still have another well you have this weekend of shows left i do yes if you're listening i do still have a show this weekend it is the ultimate christmas show abridged at allen's lane art center um it is playing this friday the 14th? I'm sorry. I need to be looking at a calendar. I don't know Friday dates. is the 14th. Okay, cool. Then it's this Friday the 14th <laughs> at 8 p.m. as well as Saturday the 15th at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. And you can get tickets for that at casabuenacp.com. That's C-A-S-A-B-U-E-N-A-C-P.com. Um, that's Mary Angelus Theater Company, and it's me and Jim Broyles and Kate Bianco, uh, and it's a little mashup of a bunch of different Christmas shows, and uh, it sounds a lot of fun. Industry tickets are twelve dollars. Regular tickets are twenty five. I would know. I ushered, so I saw it for free, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a steal at twice the price. I laughed so, so you hard. Should come check out the Christmas show, um, directed by our very own Mary Angela Savendra. Yes. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. Yay! And then after my Christmas show wraps, it's time to really crack down on my one woman show, which is in April. Get it, Queen. April fifth. As of this moment, it's still untitled. Ooh, what's the location? Do you have a... It's at the Rotunda, which is on Walnut Street. I believe it's in West Philly. Ooh. Um, From a company called Five Minute Follies, but it's not five minutes. It's like an hour. Wait a minute. No, not one minute and not five minutes. It's 60 minutes. minutes. Tick, 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 tick. 
one time me and JD, who was a friend of mine in high school, um, and we still keep in touch sometimes, uh, we were talking about how we couldn't remember the theme song to Three's Company. And so we kept just singing other theme songs where we'd be like, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have Three's Company. And (laughs) (laughs) stuff stuff like that. Um, And one of them was, JD was just like, tick, 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 Three's Company. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, 60 minutes. <laughs> That's fantastic too. <laughs> See, it's gonna be a good episode. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna turn it around. Yeah. We're gonna turn it around. We are. Turn Yay. it up, turn it upside down. Done. Um, well I have one like thing that <laughs> stop. Um <laughs> we had someone post on our Facebook today and it reminded me about someone that I talked about early on in the podcast, uh, in episode five. And it's an update on this person. That's your favorite episode, isn't it? It's so my favorite episode. <laughs> so, you know, when we went on Spotify, that was the first episode that I went and listened to. <laughs> sought it out. What's it? Fecal? Fecal forgery and, and fort fort frustrations. frustrations. It's also okay. the, one of the best titles yeah. I've come up with. Yeah. The alliteration is just... I love alliteration. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Fantastic. Go screw yourself. Anyway, in my favorite episode, I mentioned this uh, story of this woman that was circulating around Facebook at the time. And it was a woman who had married a 300 year old pirate ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And had like legally married a pirate ghost. Well, guys. Um, so, Sarah, wait. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? <laughs> oh, unfortunately, her ghost is no longer in the picture. Right. They're a separated ghost. Well, did you see the best response that I have to that? You're the one that posted on my wall, aren't I'm you? Not... Wait. Oh. She said that he disappeared, and somebody was like, so did he ghost, ghost her? her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's silly. It's silly. Yeah. But I... Uh, but she's I... heartbroken. <laughs> I mean, all right, let me tell you a little bit more about this. So I had to do a little bit more digging into this woman, and um, what I found was pretty interesting. Yeah, she's been with a lot of ghosts, so, like, she's got a type. She also has a self-help topic talks about having sex with spirits. Gotcha. Yeah. Where she, like, gives relationship advice for people in relationships with ghosts. I think it might just be sexual. Advice. Advice for the people with the ghosts. For the people with the ghosts. Um, Anyways, but here's the great thing. So her name is Amanda Sparrow Large. And this woman has, has paid money to help herself look like Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Of course she has. She is a Jack Sparrow impersonator. She has the dreadlocks. She wears the eyeliner. She even put like gold-capped teeth in her mouth. Yeah. And she does that. And apparently her now ex-husband is a Haitian pirate who goes by the name of Jack. What a coincidence. So crazy. And um, at their wedding... Is it Jack or is it Jacques? I'm pretty sure it's Jack. Okay, I'm just curious. Um, actually, you know what? She's Shana. Irish, so it's probably like... Jack? <laughs> I don't know, honey. 
Oh, it's your boy Jack. It's my boy Jack Sparrow. Gross. I think that was that's that's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, But at their wedding, she used a picture of Jack Sparrow as the image for his placeholder. She needed everybody to get like this is what he looks like. I know you can't see him. You can't see him, but I feel him every night. She was just like, "It's fucking Emperor's new clothes over here." Where like, if you can't see him, it's because like you're not cool enough. Like you're not a high enough caliber of person. You're not spiritual enough to you for that spirit to be inside you. <laughs> oh, I wish your face could be on this. She just raised her eyebrows at me in just uh, the most seductive way. Was that seductive? It felt like it was probably a little crazy eyed. It was a little bit of both. I mean, you know, I have a type. Who doesn't like <laughs> Yes, she does. Um, so, where was I going with this? <laughs> Actually, I'm like, you've seen a lot of the people I dated. I really don't have a physical type. Oh, a physical type. No, I was going to say, talk about crazy. One of yours was legitimately crazy. crazy. And one of them went like and had a procedure to give them crazy eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. Forget about that one. Yeah. All right. Let's get back. This woman married a a 300 year old pirate. We're fine. You're fine. Yeah, no. At least, yeah. This My people are all alive in this century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, apparently he, they met when she, he came, his spirit came to her and laid next to her in bed. Um, there's a, a quote. Oh, here we go. So she said that they just sort of at first, it was six months of a communication until she finally accepted, you know, the physical, whatever, the fucking sex. Um, But then she said that she wanted more. And this is a direct quote. Growing up in Ireland in my era. I was hoping you would do the accent. (laughs) Duh, girl. I'm so glad you did. Sorry. Please go on. Growing up in Ireland in my era, you were taught that if a man bedded you, he should wed you. I knew. I knew from my research that spiritual marriage was a thing. So it was more to me. It was more me that wanted to get married than him. He would have been happy like most men with just sex. No kidding. (laughs) So then here's the other thing. Um, I have so many. uh, Here's what she said about their um, unfortunate breakup. She said, so I feel it's time to let everyone know that my marriage is over. The mother of five wrote... I will explain in all due course, but for now, all I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality. It's not something to mess with. He cheated on her with another ghost. That's my that's my guess. What do you think happened? I'm just I'm going so the the children are of like human alive people, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And they were at her she wedding have, like to her ghost. ghost babies she didn't have ghost babies that's called a uh hysterical pregnancy is it is that what that's called you have a ghost baby well you know hysterical pregnancy is where you exhibit all of the signs of being pregnant and then you never give birth to a baby and then suddenly your belly goes down and everything goes back to normal yeah Uh, (laughs) have you not heard about that no Really, I I feel like it's like believing they're pregnant. Like you'll develop the physical signs too. That's 
stop their period <laughs> or just have light spotting, which is normal in pregnancy. I can't. Belly inflates. What? You're eating more because you think you're eating for two. But like you don't pass a pregnancy test and you, if you get an ultrasound you, and there's no baby no baby i feel like there i would have to do more research into it maybe, but i feel that's like what you're talking about next week maybe but i know next a, week on dead time stories hysterical pregnancies ah, i'm pregnant <laughs> get this woman <laughs> That's my hysterical pregnancy. <laughs> this is exactly what I expect, like a birthing ward in a hospital to sound like. Oh That's what you expect it to sound like? Well. that Next time on Dead well, Time Stories. I worked in a, a women's hospital when I was a newborn photographer, which is the worst job I've ever fucking had. Oh, my God. We could talk about that some, some other time. Another time, another time, another time. It was, it was awful. Just as a as a feminist, it was a horrible job. Oh, <laughs> we'll get to we'll talk, we can talk about that some other time. Anyways, this woman married a ghost pirate, but unfortunately, they divorced. R.I.P. Their marriage. <laughs> yeah, I recycled it. It's a good joke. Yeah. So that's it. Chime in and tell me what you think about that. Cash me outside. How about that? How about that? The other reason I remembered which episode I had mentioned her in was because when I mentioned her the first time, you made that stupid, uh, why do I wear the steering wheel on my belt buckle? <laughs> R, because it's R, driving, it's driving me nuts. nuts. I love that joke. <laughs> that joke is so good. Okay. <laughs> why couldn't the 15-year-old pirate see the pirate movie? It was rated right on. Yeah, it's like it's right there. So, do we have a promo this week, Sarah? Girl, you know we do. We're <laughs> do taking we, it do back. We do. We do. We do. We do. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, we're taking it back to our friends over at They Mostly Podcast at Night. Mostly. That was you're really milking that pause now. <laughs> this isn't about you. It's about them. Excuse you, Stephanie. Excuse Stephanie, ladies. Take it away. Chaos and Carnage made a podcast, and things went awry. That's right. This is Chaos and Carnage reminding you to stay bloodthirsty, friends, and make sure you check out our horror movie review podcast, They Mostly Podcast at Night. Posted every Monday night, we explore the farthest edges of the horror genre. Come to us for all things spooky and settle in for our bicker and banner that has marinated for the last 20 years. You can find us on iTunes, Anchor.fm, and Stitcher. And make sure you follow our social media at Podcast at Night for all the up-to-date news. We will be waiting for you. They're adorable. Chaos and carnage. I I love them. They're so cute. Check them out. They mostly podcast at night. Mostly. There you go. I wanted to wait like a few beats longer than yours. It's fun. So, Stephanie, y'all ready to talk about some weird fucking religion? What are you talking about this week? I am so excited. This week, I'm talking about the Church of Scientology. <laughs> because Let's hope we don't get sued. Yeah, I don't have any money, so, you know, good luck with that. So maybe don't make this episode really popular, guys? Um, don't let this one go viral. No. Because um, we have no money. Uh 
so we couldn't join unless we wanted to go to the Sea Org and sign a billion-year contract. So let's talk about the Church of Scientology. Please. Um, I am fascinated by Scientology. I'm fascinated by cults in general. I'm going to call it, you know, I call them as I see them. Uh, call a spade a spade. I'm going to call a cult a cult. So uh, the Church of Scientology is a cult, mostly for rich people. Um in order to achieve like the highest level in the church, which is OT8, and we'll talk about what that means, ultimately you'd have to pay um, like over a quarter of a million dollars uh, throughout your time in the church to reach that level because you do so by um, uh, through auditing and through taking classes that are mandatory, but you have to pay to take the classes. And sometimes if you do something like wrong, I use quotation fingers, like you have to take a class again, which means you have to pay to take that class again. Uh, and it's like a whole thing. But I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> I've been fascinated by it for a really, really long time. And of course, like a lot of people my age, I first heard about it on South Park because they made fun of like Tom Cruise and like the, the mythology of the church. But um, the mythology of the church is not really like... It's easy to be like, oh, that's super ridiculous and whatever. If you think about like Greek mythology or if you think like, you know, Christianity, if you think a lot of like mythology of religions, it's not like what's necessarily what's so out there about the religion. Um, it's strange that that's even a part of it, um, but it's really not like the focus of the religion isn't like the mythology of the religion. It's a lot more about like the behavior and what they call going clear and clearing the planet. Um, <laughs> that sounds like they want to kill everyone. It does. Uh, that's not what they're trying to do. That's not what they think they're trying to do. Um, they should rethink their marketing strategy then. So there's a couple of things we'll talk about before we get into it, and then I'll talk a lot about it, and then Sarah has some questions for me, and I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, so what's got it on my mind specifically more recently is Lear Remedy, <laughs> Scientology in the Aftermath. You've been watching it? Yes. I've been watching it with Christina because um, I got Hulu for Black Friday because it was on sale for 99 cents a month for the year. What? What? And I added Showtime for like $4 a month until March and then I'm turning that shit off. Nice. Um, but mostly I have Showtime on because I want to see Kidding, which is the Jim Carrey and Michelle oh, Gondry show. Oh, how is it? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but Another that's, episode. that's Another why episode. I turned it on Showtime is because I was like, fuck yeah. Um, so it's on Hulu. Uh, Leah Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath is the whole name of it sometimes we call it aftermath usually we just say leah remini we're like you ready to watch leah remini we was watch leah remini so <laughs> leah remini is an actress uh, best known for being on king of queens and she is a former scientologist her and her mother joined scientology when she was like 13 her stepdad like her mom got remarried and her stepdad was a Scientologist and then that's when they became a part of the church and she was like super into it like she was you know uh she came up in it and like was really into like spreading like the good deeds of Scientology um and her split from the church came um she started to question around the time that Tom Cruise got married to Katie Holmes. I'm trying to remember the name of David Miscavige's wife. Um, so is it Sheila? I can never remember. Michelle, Michelle Miscavige, Shelly, 
That's why I thought it was Shelly. It was Sheila. She calls her Shelly. Shelly Miscavige. Um, so the leader of the church now is a man named David Miscavige. The church was started by L. Ron Hubbard, um, who L is an initial. Uh, it's for Lafayette. Lafayette Ronald Hubbard, usually referred to as L. Ron Hubbard, sometimes referred to as LRH because those are just his initials. Yeah, sure. But Leah Remini um, was good friends with Shelly Miscavige, and Shelly Miscavige wasn't at Tom Cruise's wedding. And she says that she just kind of was like, oh, where's Shelly? Like, why isn't Shelly here? Like, because this is, you know, a giant event in their church. Um, and that she was treated like, just like, how dare you ask about Mrs. Miscavige? Like, it's not your place. Why are you asking about her? And she was really like, because we're friends. Like, I just want to know why she's not at this wedding. And then time went on and she never saw or heard from Shelly Miscavige and still hasn't. And this was, mind you, like, when did they get married? Like years ago, a, a long time. Ago, yeah. yeah. Um, but she to this day says she's never seen or heard from Shelly or seen any evidence that Shelly is alive. Some what people think fuck? that Shelly lives in the hole, which we'll talk about also later. But she said that that's when she really started asking questions and li- like looking into what people outside of the church say about the church, because when you're in the religion, um it's like against the, it's against the religion to like look into what outsiders say about it of um so you're not supposed to say like read any like criticism of the church so like she hadn't because she was very devout and really like was into it and then she started to like read about people who had left the church and the things that they talked about their experience with and and the things they had been through that she started to really like question what was going on and then she left the church of course the church says she was kicked out of the church but Then she started this show in 2016 or 2017. Um, Yeah, I think 2016. (laughs) But she started her show, which is on A&E, and it's called Leah Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath. And it's her and Mike Rinder, who is a major former member of the church, who was like the right-hand man to David Miscavige. It's the two of them like interviewing previous people from the church, and they talk about their horrible experiences and why they left. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So does what's-his-name, the right-hand man, know what happened to the wife? Mike Rinder? I don't know. He never says anything about it. I have no idea. I think he said something about her being in the hole, which is... um, It's like a... It's like a trailer that's basically like a like a prison camp but it's usually for people that are like higher up in the church like when they get in trouble they go to the hole and he talks about people who lived in the hole for like years like spent like three years in the hole yeah but he like he lived in the hole and he would come out he was like a spokesman for the church and would come out to like he would be sent out to like go i say attack but not physically attack people like attack people like in the media like critics of the church it would be his job to like dig up all the dirt on them as possible to try and like expose them as like oh you think this person who's trying to say our church is bad who are they like they're a drunk they're a liar they're a child molester like this person is what they call fair game um that's a policy by the church to like anybody who speaks out against the church is what they call fair game so anything that you can do to discredit that person regardless of like what it has to oh 
That's an alarm on my phone. It's I'm Scientologists. Sorry. They're already shutting <laughs> They're us already down. Shutting it down. They're like, uh, excuse me, you two guys do a lot of <laughs> shit. I think you should probably just shut it down now. So um, anyone who is a, a critic of the church becomes what they call fair game, and you do everything that you can to discredit that person um, and dig up all the dirt on them that you can to prove, like, why would you listen to them? Like, they're a horrible person, and you shouldn't listen. And they'll try and, like, get you fired. They'll, excuse me, they'll sue. They'll do all sorts of stuff. So what do people know? What do people not know? And how does this church exist? And why are people members of it if, they, if it's such a horrible place, right? So L. Ron Hubbard, who started the religion, uh, he wrote a book called Dianetics in 1950. And Dianetics was, was basically like a self-help book. And it was like how to like deal with your emotions and how not to be controlled by them and, and what causes you know you to feel these ways and how to take control over your life, that kind of stuff, right? And Scientology came out of Dianetics. So Scientology was founded in like 1952, I believe, um, by L. Ron Hubbard, who prior to forming this religion, L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction and fantasy writer, like wrote mm-hmm. uh, like very prolific, like wrote a ton of like little pulp novels and stuff yeah. of like just different like science fiction and and fantasy. So that's like where his background was. And depending on who you ask, um, his former wife uh, said that like he founded the religion initially as a way to make money because, uh, churches are tax exempt. So it was a way for him to make money without having to like give money to the government. But the church was not recognized as a church, as a tax exempt church until like 1993 or was it 1983? I'll have to look that up. Um, but we'll get into that too. That was with David Miscavige at the helm. So it was Bill's a way to make money. Right. And he, formed um so he would have people like pay to take these self-help classes and a lot of these people are like these classes really helped me like take control of my life and and like be in charge and you know mm-hmm. make all these decisions um they do this thing called auditing which is basically like confession and they have to do that like once a week and in auditing like they go in and they're on an e-meter um which is part lie detector test part like I don't know how to describe it. Like, uh, it's supposed to like read your emotions, right? So basically when you're holding the, the cans, that's what they call them. Like these like metal cans, when you're holding them and you think about a thought, when like a thing goes up on the e-meter, they're like, Oh, what were you just thinking about? Because that obviously has a lot of like emotional sway for you. And they'll think about, can you think about a time in your life where you felt like this before? All right. Like we're going to discharge the emotion. So what that means is by having you, go back and like relive that memory a couple of times it's going to take the power away from that memory and it's like oh the e-meter is like less now that's showing that has less power over you you've like dispelled the emotion you've like you've like worked it out right the thing about auditing is they record your audits what the fuck so imagine going to like your priest and they recorded that and the thing about recording the audits is basically when people want to leave the church they blackmail them they're like we have you confessing to all these everything you've ever done like every week you come in here and you confess and we record it oh my whose idea was to start that shit l ron hubbard oh my god (laughs) it was all l ron hubbard um he tried to get right uh like scientology recognized as a religion uh in the united states it wasn't for a long time the first country to recognize it as a religion was australia and that was in the late 50s or early 60s 
Um, so there were a lot of Australian people that they talked to. Mike Rinder is Australian, um, but a lot of former members are Australian because it was big there before it was big anywhere else. But L. Ron Hubbard is American, and it was started yeah. in America. So there's this thing called the bridge so going through scientology and taking the courses you're trying to go up the bridge and that metaphor always makes me crazy because you don't go up a bridge you go across a bridge but they <laughs> talk about going they obviously are not the brightest people <laughs> talk about going up the bridge and you go up the bridge by like taking classes and you pay to take those classes but they're like self-help classes and the idea is that ultimately when by reaching OT8 you you're going clear which means that you have dispelled all of the negative emotions and you have like total supposedly the things that you have are like because they say all sorts of stuff that are like okay who would ever believe that like like it can cure your vision and like you can like have mind control and stuff like that but realistically it's supposed to be things like you know like you're not bogged down by like anxiety and like negative emotions well, yeah because you've you, meditated every week right <laughs> and that you have like like you're supposed to have like a perfect memory because you're not bogged down by all of the things that like you've dispelled right so that's like the that's the ultimate goal in the church and then also to like like i said to clear the planet so to like bring everyone to that level so the idea of scientology is that you're not just elevating yourself but you're doing this work for the betterment of mankind um and there's this idea, I mean, with a lot of, some things like it sounds ridiculous. And then I think about other religions and I'm like, is this that ridiculous though? Um, because one of the things is like, they think a lot of people who like aren't in the church are like, like, you know, like against the church or like evil. Anybody who like is against Scientology is like probably a criminal and like <laughs> there's something like wrong with them that makes them like hate the religion. But yeah, I'm like, there are other religions that are like that anyway. Yeah. So, like, I can't shit on that. Too so true. Right. So, like, I can't talk mad shit about that aspect of it. Um, but I don't know of another, you know, I can't think of another religion that does, like, the fair gaming and that kind of policy where they're, like, you actively, someone who speaks out against the church, like, you do everything you can to destroy their life. It's awful. <laughs> it's really crazy. Um and so before I was obsessed with Evil Genius, <laughs> I was obsessed with this documentary from HBO. This was my first Evil Genius, and it's called Going Clear, Scientology, and The Prison of Belief. Oh, I've heard about that. Yes. I was like, I love the wording of it, because Leah Remini talks about it on her show, too, where like it really is a prison of belief. Like There's just... It's when you're in that you're brainwashed and when you're in that mindset, like you can't just break out of it. Like everything that you've been taught and manipulated to believe is put there in order to keep you in the mindset that keeps you in this church. And a big part of that, of course, is losing your family, because if you're labeled a suppressive person, then like they not only like they. I'm trying to remember what they call it, because they have terminology for everything, like really specific vocabulary. It starts with a D. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, if somebody is labeled a suppressive person, then basically, like, they are, like, against the per against the church. 
Let's see. Suppressive person, often abbreviated SP, is a term used in Scientology to describe some to describe the antisocial personalities who, according to Scientology's founder L. Ron Hubbard, make up about 2.5 percent of the population. A statement on a Church of Scientology website describes this group as including notorious historic figures such as Adolf Hitler. The term is often applied to those whom the church perceives as its enemies, such as those who are disastrous and suppressive um, acts are said to impede the progress of an individual Scientologist or the Scientology movement. One of the reasons Scientology doctrines portray suppressive persons as such a danger is that they are supposed to make people around them become potential trouble sources, abbreviated to PTS. Scientology defines PTS as a person who is in some way connected to and being adversely affected by a suppressive person. Such a person is called a potential trouble source because he can be a lot of trouble to himself and to others. Hubbard suggested that potential trouble sources make up about 17.5% of the population disconnecting there we go that's the word i'm looking for um disconnection is defined as a self-determined decision made by an individual that he is not going to be connected to another it is a severing of communication by one individual against another the concept of the suppressive person in Scientology has been the source of controversy due to some part of the aversion to the idea of disconnecting from close family members and friends which you hear about this in like the mormon church too about people like being when they're kicked out of the church like they're kicked out of the entire family and no one talks to them anymore that's a big thing in Scientology as well Um, Scientologists aren't supposed to accuse or like sue or do anything against another Scientologist um, which is the thing they talk about in an episode that me and Christina watched that was like really rough where a girl basically was reporting that her teacher was molesting her and they were like you can't why are you speaking out against someone like you're trying to to hurt another Scientologist like why would you do that right you're you're trying to be you're a potential trouble source you're trying to be a suppressive person right that's really fucking awful they um, believe in reincarnation so they don't believe that children are children so children are supposed to like work like adults and be treated like adults oh my god yeah I don't know how much that goes to like a sexual extent I really only heard like in the one episode we heard these two girls talking about their experience um but the control is like really crazy especially in the sea org uh, which is the sea organization and basically the people that have a great time in scientology tend to be the people that have a lot of money the people that have the roughest time are the people who are get like the highest up who are very close to david miscavige who's the like chairman of the church but the people that have a really rough time are the people in the sea org and they're basically they sign a billion year contract. Jesus. Um, That's the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> and they work basically as missionaries for the church, but they do a lot of like physical labor and they work like 60 to 80 hours a week. Do they get paid? And they, I was going to say, and they get paid like change. Like they get paid like cents an hour, and, but they have like room and board. What? <laughs> like, but they're working, yeah, the whole time. Um, and the really horrible things that I just heard about on uh, on Aftermath, I hadn't heard about these before, um, is that women in the Sea Org, if they get pregnant, are forced to have abortions. And there was, like, a woman who talked about her personal story about getting pregnant and, like, she wanted to have the baby and they made her get an abortion. Because when you're in the Sea Org, you're supposed to be devoted to the church and you can't do your duties to the church if you're taking care of 
a child. Um, and when they do have children, like people don't really, they don't really value the like parent child relationship. Um, one, because like I said, children are just people and they're supposed to do what adults are supposed to do and be treated like adults and talk to you like adults. Um, but also because of the, their beliefs around reincarnation are like, you're not really a child. Like you're, you've been alive thousands of years and you've had many of lives before. This is just like a, an old soul in a child's body. And like, you might be my daughter this life, but Pat, like last life, you could have been my mother. What do I know? Nothing. Yeah. These relationships mean nothing. God. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a lot. <laughs> um, let's it, go ahead. I was like, if those relationships then mean nothing, then why are you working so hard for a church or something else? If like the people around you mean nothing. Right. I don't know. It's like that relationship specifically isn't like particularly significant. Yeah. Relationships and helping people. Like you should help. Every, like you shouldn't. I shouldn't treat you special because you're my child. I should treat everybody the same. Not that you shouldn't be good to your child. You should be good to everybody. We're just going to contradict ourselves all over the place. Right. Cool. All right. Next. Well, I was going to say at this point, do you have any questions? All of them. Let's yeah. Let's let's wrap. So you say that people don't typically have children we're talking about the common people you know like if you and if you and i were like fuck it i want to be scientologist this sounds great i want to help everyone and if they're not having kids in the sea org what like i don't know i guess like where are the children what it what's their plan do they live there forever that's fine yeah. It's the, the people that are, are encouraged not to have children are the Sea Org. The people who are living their life in service to the church. Yeah. Um, so what propels people to want to suddenly decide to go be an indentured servant for this dude? Um, he was very charismatic. Uh, some people basically would say that he was um, he was a malignant narcissist. Like he... His wife, uh, his first wife, because I think he was married three times, his first wife said that, like, so initially he had started the church to make money, right? But eventually, like, it went to his head, having all these people there and telling him basically that he was the Messiah and that they all wanted to, like, he had helped them so much, whatever. Like, he started to believe he really was, like, some sort of deity and that he really had formed, like, you know, he had something going for him. Um, he, uh, He was a veteran, and he many times before Scientology really took off like he had tried to get the VA to like evaluate him and like help him with his own like mental issues and through Dianetics and and Scientology he basically said that he had like cured himself of of those things and like as as he went on like Scientology to this day like Scientology like completely shits on like the AMA, the American Medical Association, and mental health practitioners in general, which I don't know if you remember this. There's this big thing when Brooke Shields um, had her baby and talked about having postpartum depression and taking medication for that. Tom Cruise, like, said all this shit about how, like, medication wasn't real and, like, that was, you know, it was all in her head and, like, all this bullshit. I don't know if you remember that. I vaguely feel like I remember something like that. Yeah. Right. That's what that was about. Because he was, like, because he's a Scientologist and he was, like, mental health is bullshit. Like, that's personal problems. Like, you're taking drugs and 
fix it. And, and Brooke Shields was like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're an actor, not a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, <laughs> excuse me, who are you? Well, you remember, and there's the thing on Arrested Development where Lucille is like, they said he was some kind of scientist. And she's talking about Tom Cruise talking about medication. <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, like um, they consider like mental health, uh, like psychiatrists and psychologists to be like charlatans and and sure, like yeah. with shockers okay. <laughs> and yeah yeah sure ask me more um i guess how do these people get to leave if you say that they blackmail them so obviously leah remini and that other person they have money right but so does the church of scientology right um and they play before like before the show and in between every commercial break like they play a disclaimer that's basically like a letter from the church of scientology that's like all of this is bullshit leah remini begged to stay in this church and we kicked her out and everything that she's saying is lies like they say it in a much like more precise way than that but that's but they've play they'll but that's like they the put best up they all these do. little shots yeah. from like letters that every time they have a guest on they're like oh this is the letter that they sent our producers about this guest and how this guest is a liar mm. and everything that they say isn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, so that used to be Mike Render's job, but now that's also happening with Mike Render where his family is like, he was a shitty father and he was abusive and he, you know. Oh, wow. So his whole family is yes. still in it? Mm-hmm. What made him leave? He was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's what made everybody leave. Everybody's like, I can't fucking do this anymore. And just like learning, he was, like I said, he lived in the hole. So he was kept there. And he talked about how like uh, David Miscavige would make them play like musical chairs to Queen's um, Bohemian Rhapsody. And they would fight, like physically fight. And they were fighting to stay in the hole. Like, they're like, if you lose, you get kicked out and you get kicked out of the church and you're on your own. And they would like fight each other for the chairs to stay and stay living in the hole. But there's one specific BBC documentary. It's called Scientology and Me. And it was this, I got to look his name up. Um, But it was this specific BBC journalist who was doing a documentary about Scientology. um, And they followed him. They followed him everywhere. That's what they do. Like, they'll... um, Scientology and me. <laughs> um, John Sweeney, that's his name. He's a British reporter, and he did a special called Scientology and Me. Um, but it was all about how he had, you know, investigated the church, and then what they do is they send people, like I said, to dig up everything they can on you, but they have people follow you, follow you to your house, follow you to your job, just watch you all the time. And basically he flipped out on somebody like he didn't get violent but he was screaming in somebody's face and then of course scientology uses that footage to be mm-hmm. like look at this fucking lunatic he's crazy like, he's look crazy. at this guy this is a guy who says our church is full of loons like do you fucking look at him like he's fucking nuts but they drove him there like they drove him to that point and then filmed him to be like, look how crazy this guy is. Yeah. And Mike Rinder was the person who did that. And he, like, in the video, like, the guy is yelling about how, like, you know, you've been following me. And Mike Rinder's like, we never did that. We would never, I, I would never do that. You're crazy. And after the fact, Mike Rinder's like, I absolutely did that. Like, I was totally I was following totally him. Following that was my him. job. Like, that was what I was there to do. And it's just like, oh my gosh. How do they have so many people? To be able to go after these people. Money. Jesus. Because remember I said like a person in their time in the church would spend at least a quarter of a million dollars. 
if you have many people paying that much money to be members of it's a multi-billion dollar operation at this point so they have money to do whatever they want and they have the money to pay to silence to find your information to follow you to do whatever they have money they have money 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 dirty money so the way they became tax exempt is like real crazy because they were trying to get tax exempt from the time they formed Eldon Hubbard was like we're just not paying taxes so they owed like a billion dollars in taxes Um, in the 1970s people from the Church of Scientology um, did like the biggest um, I'm trying to remember what they call it they raided a bunch of government offices and stole paperwork like just went into a bunch of like fbi cia intelligence offices and just stole information and they were using it to frame people like frame critics of the church and then ultimately the way they received tax-exempt status was they basically blackmailed the irs so the irs was trying to shut them down because in our country the irs is who decides who's a church um I don't know how that works. Because our country is built on money. Money. Um, so basically the IRS was had been trying for decades to get this money from them. So with one, the government documentation they had stolen, and two, with Scientology operatives in the U.S. government, they started to not only sue the U.S. government, but they had members of the church take up civil lawsuits against individual employees of the IRS. Like you, Sarah Heddens, who works for the IRS, I'm suing you for negligence. Like, just brought up all these lawsuits against people in the IRS. And they were like, we'll drop it if you give us tax exempt status. Oh, my God. And, and they were like, okay, yeah, sure. Okay, sure, yeah. Okay, and they gave them tax exempt status, and they dropped all of their lawsuits against the people that worked at the IRS. And mind you, not just the government agency, individual people who worked at the IRS. They just made their lives, like, fucking living hell. Like, just... These people walk among us. They do. Like, oh, my God. But they wouldn't listen to this podcast because it's no. talking bad about their religion. Or maybe they will listen. Now some people are going to follow us. Yeah. I don't do anything weird. I don't have any money. I do do weird stuff. I'm broke. But I'm pretty open about it. I smoke weed yeah. and get into some freaky sex. <laughs> <laughs> and if you Scientologists want to join in on that, <laughs> be my guest. Um, but that ain't no secret. So I'm a big perv. Um <laughs> I was like, sometimes I pick my nose in my in private, <laughs> and by private I mean my car. I pick my nose all the time, <laughs> not even sometimes, all the time. It's weird having fucking nostril piercings. I don't know how you do it with the piercings, because girl, I get in there. I got I these skinny little bony fingers. This one is fine because this one is fitted, but this one still has space on it, and so like it leaves room for stuff to just get all up in it, and it's not cool. Ask me more questions. So when you pick your nose, no, is it no, no, no. not Scientology? <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I'm starting to get a little tired, so I feel like I'm going to listen to this editing and be like, oh, I should have asked this question. I should have asked that question. Oh, I'm losing I it all. You, I thought you had some. I don't know. I no, I didn't. I was just like, I was, you were going to talk about it, and I was like, oh, I know I'm going to have questions. <laughs> and just mainly the first of all is, I just, ha- I just am still flabbergasted that this is working, that this is something, that it is this That's big. That's still around, yeah. That it's still around. I guess at this point we have bigger 
things to worry about in this country than just then Scientology. Blow their millions on a people who want to blackmail people. Um, Trisha blackmails people. Yeah, we got a president that's getting away with it. Yeah, so you know, it's part of money. The American church, money, 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 money. Um, it's actually banned in a couple countries. France is like, it's a cult. Stay the fuck out. Like, there are a lot of places Scientology is, like, outright banned as a cult. It is. It's such a fucking cult. Yeah. That's crazy. Now um, I want to go watch that show on Hulu. Oh, Leah Remini, Scientology in the yeah. Aftermath. Have you ever seen Going Clear? No. Going Clear is a really good primer. Isn't it on Netflix? It's on HBO. Oh, okay. Going Clear is on HBO. Uh, it's based on the book Going Clear, the same name, by Lawrence Wright, who um, he just writes about religion in general. He's not like an expose journalist. Mm-hmm. He just writes about religion. And he didn't he didn't go into it with the plan to like talk about, like, oh my God, this place is crazy. Like, it was informative. He, right. He was like, what's this religion about? Um, and one of the things that he said that stood out to him was that they don't they don't tell you about the mythology to get you into the church. They don't tell you about, you know, the emperors, uh, Zenu and the Thetans and all that stuff. They don't tell you all that until you're like well into the church and very invested that, um, and then they're like, Oh, by the way, this is what it's really, this, this is, is like the foundation. Believe, right. Yeah. This is where this comes from. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, Oh no. Right. And by then you're already like, Oh, I've invested so much money in this. <laughs> um, I think his name is Paul Haggis. He's a director. Um, and he is in Going Clear. And I think he's in an episode of Leah Remini. Um, but not one that we've watched yet. Um, but he's a director. And he talks about like his experience with the church. And how he said that when he got to that level of the church. Um, and when they gave him the information. Because it's like in a briefcase. And it's like top secret. And you're not supposed to talk. Like we're not supposed to know about it. Because you're not supposed to talk about it with people that aren't in the church you're not supposed to tell them this um and he said because they give it to you and it's like l ron hubbard's like handwritten notes about like the origin of of the planet and and all this stuff and he said that when they gave it to him and he read it he thought it was a test that like if you believed that like that was a sign that you're crazy and you shouldn't be in the church so he was like, like ha 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 where he was like is this like a joke is this a joke because it's all about mental clarity and like understanding how the world works and being you know under like all that stuff and like science and well, yeah because if you're mentally clear then you'll understand that all that stuff about a big alien is definitely true so he thought it was like it was a test but like he just he was like i can't fucking understand <laughs> this shit um there's a big theory so people ask about people like tom cruise and john travolta kirstie alley those are all people in the church they're um, still in the church yes they're Hi. still very much in the church he uh john travolta has been in the church since like the late 70s he's yeah. been in there for a long 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 time he's um i think uh tom cruise has been in the church since the late 80s early 90s um so yeah. rumor has it rumor has yeah. it that the reason that they're still members of the church, right? This is like tabloid fodder, um, right? Is that they're this now? Mind you, this I don't get this from any <laughs> documentary. This is literally just like gossip, Word, yeah. okay? Um, but anyway, that they're still in the church because both of them, not together but separately, are closeted gay men who like they've been afraid that being gay would like ruin their careers, and the church, like 
helped establish who they are and has all of their confessions via auditing about the things that they've done and the people that they've been with. And that's how the church blackmails them into staying in the church. I don't know if there's any validity of that. What about Kirstie Alley? What's her story? <laughs> She's a gay man. Bitch, who knows? <laughs> who knows what Kirstie Alley's story is? Uh, it'll, I don't know. It'll always be uh, Veronica's secret. <laughs> Victoria's Closet. <laughs> no, Veronica's Closet was the name of her show. Clarissa explains it all. It was a, sp- a fake Victoria's Secret thing. Um, but that's the theory as like why those two are like still, they're so embedded in the church because the church like owns them via, yeah. via things they've confessed from auditing. Jeez. Remind me to never get involved in Scientology. <laughs> I'm so I almost forgot to mention this. Um, I'm not, I uh, sometimes am a fan of trolling people. Not very, not very much. But the biggest case of me trolling somebody ever is when I convinced my sister for a solid year that I wanted to be a Scientologist. Also, I think I told her, too, that I wanted to be a tobacco lobbyist, that I was like a Scientologist <laughs> tobacco lobbyist. Um, so it was my first year of college. Uh, and. I all I re- at that point I didn't know anything about like the cult stuff or like any of the terrible stuff. I really only knew the shit I had seen on South Park. But I mentioned it to my sister and my sister was like, you don't want to be a scientist. Like, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. So what I would do every time my sister was coming to visit was I would go to the the campus library and borrow every L. Ron Hubbard (laughs) book that they had and put them in my bookshelf. (laughs) So that every time she came over, I had like this series of L. Ron Hubbard books. And I was like, no, like, I'm studying to be a Scientologist. Like, it's really important to me. Why would you make fun of my religion? Like, why would you? I can't believe you. I'm just trying to be clear-headed. I just want to, I'm just trying to go clear. I want to clear the planet. Like, that's all. And I'll have to murder you if I have to. So, yeah. That's When did you break her heart and tell her that you weren't a Scientologist? No, I mean, she was very happy I was a Scientologist. (laughs) She's like, but I just bought you the latest L. Ron Hubbard book. (laughs) (laughs) But we were talking about it recently, and she was like, that was the most, like, epic trolling, like, anyone has ever done. And I was like, it was real. I was into it. I don't even know why. I just thought it was real. Because she just was felt so intense about it that I was like, I just have to do this. But probably because she knew more about it than I did, where yeah. she was like, it's a fucking cult, and it's horrible. And you were like, this is funny because you're mad. Right. And I was like, no, I'll run Hubbard forever. LRH. <laughs> <laughs> you were carrying books to school with the um, brown bag book shelving that said L. Ron Hubbard, heart, heart. <laughs> Forever. Forever. Binder <laughs> of your book. I can't talk tonight. I'm tired. It's fine. Um, so, Scientology, yeah, Scientology took a lot out of me. Uh, it's a lot. If you have HBO Go, please watch Going Clear. If you have Hulu, watch Ooh. Lear Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath. Um, it's, yeah, it's a lot, and it's way more than just, like, okay, weird, Emperor Zenu, and people dropped in volcanoes and Thetans, and that's why you're sad. Like, there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, it's like a blackmail. It's, it's a fucking cult, man. It's a cult of of mostly rich white people, but also some poor white people. (laughs) So it's the Republican Party. (laughs) But I'm bumped. Sash. Did you have a fetish 
five. I a do. Scientology fetish. It's not a Scientology related fetish. I was um, so today is just is is probably going to be the most educational about uh, a fetish that I've gotten. Um, which I just want to. I'm going to talk a little bit about bondage and then about BDSM in general and and what that means. So um, bondage is pretty popular, right? And that's just. Uh, um, <laughs> So we found one that Stephanie's personally invested in. <laughs> I have very little um, experience with bondage, but I'm very interested in it. Oh, uh, I know what else I have to talk about. R.I.P. Tumblr. Oh. oh. So Tumblr. There's as, your fetish five. Bye, oh, Tumblr. God, that is my fetish five. Oh, because Tumblr is where I look at all my kinky things. I'm like, I've looked at a lot of bondage porn on Tumblr. And I'm like, not Tumblr. anymore. Um, if you don't know, if you haven't heard, Tumblr is banning all adults content starting on the 17th I have had a personal post flagged that of all the things I've posted on Tumblr it's literally a picture of my shoulder there's nothing explicit in this picture whoa, whatsoever whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we I, are operating under Texas uh, <laughs> high school public school dress code laws no shoulders bare shoulders allowed well, and then I, I reblogged it and made a joke about my female presenting shoulder nipples um because <laughs> fuck Tumblr so yeah there's a whole thing right now scrambling to figure out where people are going to go um and it makes me sad because to be honest the reason i get my porn on tumblr is as a feminist who enjoys porn i hate the porn industry it's really fucking awful and exploitative to women and it infuriates me and i got on tumblr because it's girls taking nudie pictures in their house and posting it on the internet and then they're like hey you want to toss me some money that's cool and that's awesome and i'm all for amateur porn and people choosing to make porn at home and not being part of a horrible industry that like ruins their lives like yeah. that's the main reason I'm on Tumblr for porn and I'm really sad that all those women now like are are trying to find a new place to land and it's really rough and like support sex workers that's all I'm saying um not like necessarily you have to you know <laughs> buy their wares yeah but like you know they have fucking rights and they should be able to yeah. fucking work and be safe in their home and it's whatever well yeah yeah so anyway continuing bondage uh it's really cool <laughs> um there's like rope bondage and like handcuffs that's super basic but what i really want to talk about is um bondage as part of the greater bdsm so bdsm is actually split up into several things so um there's yeah good bondage <laughs> but the bd um it's multiple anagrams together so bd is bondage and discipline um so that's any kind of stuff that involves tying up and punishment and like you're supposed to do this and, mm -mm -mm. Okay, and okay, then okay. so that's the bd and then there's ds which is dominance and submission which is like i'm in charge telling you what to do i'm doing stuff to you and i'm like what can i do for you i'm i'm serving i'm serving as some sub um and that's the ds <laughs> but then there's sm um and the sm is the state of masochism so that's going to be like pain stuff yeah. um sadism are people like you know who get off on inflicting pain and masochists are people who like get off on receiving pain <laughs> <laughs> space right now um not for me so that's the i just think it's interesting that it's bdsm and then it's split into bd DS, yeah SM. i yes. didn't know that mm -hmm. i learned something new she was right it's informative <laughs> informative about the general um kink community but so that's what the bdsm stands for 
uh, and the B in BDSM is bondage. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's cool. Then there's shibari, which is a really it's specific... Like there's like an art to it, right? Yes. Well, then shibari is Japanese like art bondage. So bondage is just like general binding of someone keeping them you know Mm -hmm. immobilizing or just you know impairing movement or whatever um shibari is like a really specific kind of like japanese rope work that's like really pretty and like yeah there's a lot of like shibari art um of like people tied up in pretty ways but like the knots are pretty and like the way the rope is tied is aesthetically pleasing aside from just like you know doing its job there it's also like nice to look at it's like the art of tying um and that's shibari which is a a kind of bondage a kind of rope bondage specifically i'm also interested in uh rope suspension so not like hanging from like the neck but (laughs) like like, whoa tied and like like hanging yeah from some ropes that sounds cool it looks really cool Come I, at me, church. Don't come at I me, church. I try so Oh. <laughs> but I'm just like, this is me outing myself as, as a kinky freak. So <laughs> They're not going to listen to this. But just to be safe, you'll notice we only did one story. This was just a Scientology episode. We I just, yeah, I wanted to spend the whole episode talking about Scientology. Don't come at us. And I have. It's been a, it's been a solid episode, yeah. I think. Um, but very informative Please um, read more. Read everything that you can. Tell your friends. Do you know a Scientologist? Email us and tell us about it. Please. Have you yeah. escaped from Scientology? Oh, shit. Please, please email tell, us. Please email us. Um, also, speaking of escaping from anyway, escape from Amish, like, I could talk about that for a whole episode. Talking about Rumspringa. Like, tell me what that was like. Girl, and I... you stayed out? Like, what happened? Or were you kicked out after the fact? Like, what, what's up? I don't know, but what I do know is TLC TLC made a documentary series about it, and I watched what almost was it all again. Breaking Amish. Breaking Amish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is I watched it the summer before I moved to Philadelphia, and I was like, "All right, cool. So Lancaster's like right near Philly. All right, all right, all right. Let's watch some of these Amish people." It was all fucking fake, but it's I feel interesting. Like I've told this story before, but my um, so my sister in law is German. She's not American. My brother's wife. Well, she's actually Serbian, but she grew up in Germany. But anyway, um, she's not American. And <laughs> um, they used to live in like Maryland, around like the Maryland, Pencil- no, Maryland, Pennsylvania, right? Yes, the Maryland Pennsylvania border. No, Delaware. I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, not far from here. <laughs> like a two hour drive, but like in Maryland. But in a different state. Um and there was like an Amish market that they used to go to all the time. And then my brother was talking about it with his, you know, then girlfriend, now wife, um, where he was like, you know, the Amish people and like they, you know, they don't believe in this and they don't use electronics and like, you know, they don't drive a car. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the Amish people, you know, like we go to the Amish market, like the people that work there, like they're Amish. <laughs> and she's like, what? Like, that's a religion? And he's like, yeah, like that's like, they, you know, like don't you th- they dress funny. Like, you know how they dress? And she was like, I thought that was just their uniform. Like. Because <laughs> they the Amish Mart. That's the supermarket uniform. Right, like that's the Amish Mart, like uniform. Oh. Right? And he was like, no, like that's like that's their, their religion. Life. Like they dress like that. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right, whatever. right, like whatever. Like no big deal. But I just, I thought that was like really 
not like you know ignorant. that was really hilarious it's I was pretty like, funny I love that yeah that to be some outside and be like oh well I only see them dressed up right. there she's like, what? she's like I don't know like I just thought this how they, that was like their uniform for work like they have to wear this bonnet and <laughs> like do whatever that's it duh. but yeah so <laughs> wacky religions huh. cults HBO Hulu watching stuff ghost pirate com. get tickets and then email us that you got tickets or just to say hi yeah. or to tell us that you saw a ghost or to tell us that you escaped from Scientology. Oh, my God. Amish. Please tell us if you do. I would die if somebody, one of our fans is like an ex-Scientologist. That would be crazy. Do you know what? Know even if you're not, if you just want to lie to us. We're just desperate if for you attention. Stay in the Gus Van Zant house with I say Gus Van Zant, he's a director. The Van Zant house with us on our hundredth episode. Ugh, we're getting close. And you're a former Scientologist, you you already get to go. Oh absolutely. Yeah, you don't you're even have to pay. Invited. Yeah. We'll pay for you to join us. <laughs> to join us. But you have to provide provide proof that you're an ex Scientologist. Don't lie about that. Yeah. This is going off the rails. So, yeah, we're going to wrap Tell them up. where they can find us. I was going to tell them, yes, oh, of course. Um, so, like we said, we want you to tell us if you're a former Scientologist or any of those things. And you can talk to us by emailing us at deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word. And, of course, we're always giving away stickers for reviews. All you Yo. have to do is give us a review, preferably five stars, on Facebook or on uh, iTunes. Um, can you rate podcasts on Spotify? No, I already looked at okay, it. Okay, because we're on Spotify now. If we are on Spotify. Bitch, we're on fucking Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher, Stitcher. Bitch. Stitcher, bitches. Stitcher, bitcher. We're all over the place. So yes. find us, rate us, review us, and then send us that either to our email or slide into our DMs on one of our social media platforms and give us your address and bitch, we'll send you a motherfucking sticker. Is that easy? It's that easy. It's way easier than getting out of the Church of Scientology. Definitely, though we might blackmail you, but that's just out of love. <laughs> that's just because it's a pastime. Um, it showed me on my Spotify statistics that you didn't listen to the past two episodes. What's that all about, listener? Me? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that would be us blackmailing people. Okay, we I saw gotcha. that you didn't listen, so I saw on your Facebook three months ago that you were eating chicken and now you say you're a vegetarian. What the, the fuck's fuck up with that? that? <laughs> you bitch. My fucker. I've been saying my fucker all day. You have. That's Stephanie. Without the TH. That's oh, Sarah. My fucker. Yeah, my fucker. It's just easier. That's Sarah. And that's Stephanie. And this, and this has is been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Next week on Dead Time Stories. Ah. <laughs> That's us on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Hanging off a cliff. Take a listen. <laughs> Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 